feisty, fearless, and fair, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Breaking news. And tonight on the Rita Cosby Show, we're just coming in that President Biden will be going to Israel right there in the middle of the war zone coming on Wednesday. And then afterwards, he is expected to go to nearby Jordan and meet with Mideast leaders. This is very pivotal. And of course, the stakes could not be higher. It comes as we are getting word that Hamas is saying it is holding anywhere from 200 to 250 hostages and is starting to put out videos with some of the hostages. There's one of a 21-year-old Israeli girl where you see that her arm is hurt. It's because family says that she was shot when she was abducted. And she is saying, please bring us home safely. You could tell that Hamas is trying to up the ante. The good news is she was alive, at least when that video was taken. We're also getting word tonight that now the State Department is saying not 13, but potentially 15 or more Americans are unaccounted for and could potentially be hostages. How complicated is this going to be? How treacherous and how difficult is it? And do you think we will be able to get the hostages out, especially our Americans? There are reports that as many as 2,000 American troops could be in the vicinity very soon. They say they're there for medical reasons, maybe a little bit more. Maybe there'll be special ops and a whole bunch of other things. Because now it has been 11 days since Hamas's brutal onslaught against Israel. Israel over the weekend saying that it is gearing up what it looks like for a ground incursion at any moment. We see tanks amassing thousands upon thousands, hundreds upon thousands of reservists getting lined up there right near Gaza. And also some action from the north now with Lebanon firing in a few shots and Hamas and Iran saying if Israel goes in on the south, if they go into Gaza, then Hamas saying that Iran and Iran pledging the same, that they will probably step in. And that's why this is such a dangerous, difficult time in the world. Where do you see all this headed and what do you make of the fact that President Biden is going to go now to Israel on Wednesday. It will certainly send a powerful message. However you feel about the president, it definitely, I think, is a strong message of support to show, at least publicly, he is clearly supporting the Israelis. I think behind the scenes, we're hearing word that he's telling others to go slow, that Israelis should be kind of being careful about civilian casualties, Be careful what they do in Gaza. And listen, nobody wants to see civilian casualties. On the other hand, Hamas has had safe harbor there in Gaza for a long, long time. And what they did to the Israeli people now about a week and a half ago, 
will be seared into the memory of the world forever. The savagery, the butchery, some of the stories that we've heard coming out have just been downright frightening and continue to come where people can't even identify because there's so many body parts and just the savagery of what they did to babies, to women, and to others. And I contend Israel does have to go into Gaza and they got to get the hostages, of course, first and foremost, but they also got to wipe out Hamas. They got to do it once and for all. It can't be like sort of tiptoeing in and suddenly they got to pull back out. They have to have unfettered access to be able to take out the infrastructure of Hamas. It is pivotal. And there are reports that as many as about 150,000 Hamas operatives are in Gaza. They got to take them out. There are about 600,000 people that actually support Hamas in Gaza. But they certainly have to at least take out the infrastructure. Those are the key operatives and their facilities. And it's going to be tough because there are reports that they are using the Palestinians who they don't want to let them out of Gaza, using them as human shields. So this is going to get really tough and really difficult. But they have to do it, I contend, not just for Israel, but for the world. What are your thoughts, everybody, as we are now on the precipice? It looks like at least two days until the president of the United States will go over there. I say bravo. Uh, Do you think he'll be able to accomplish something? And what message does he need to send? He needs to make sure whatever he's saying publicly is exactly what he's saying privately. Can you imagine after 9-11 someone coming over to the United States and saying, you know, sit back, Uh, you know, let's let's do a ceasefire. Are you kidding me? Those people in that part of the world, that is the only thing they understand is strength. And Israel needs to wipe out Hamas once and for all. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And you are listening to The Rita Cosby Show. And by the way, in about 20 minutes or so from now, we are going to be speaking with Aviv Ezra, Aviv is the senior diplomat for Israel in New York to get his take on all the very latest developments that are happening over there in Israel and also what he thinks Iran's role is in all of this. I think they have their fingerprints all over it. They've had their fingerprints all over terrorism. And over the weekend, they were out there huggy-kissy with the head of Hamas. How can that be? How are they able to just sort of roam around publicly, show themselves hanging out, talking, and then suddenly Iran comes out with this ultimatum to the United States and to the world saying, Israel, don't you dare go into Gaza or else we may have to step in. And also saying, hey, maybe we can uh, get, you know, some of the hostages to you if you agree to stand back, which Israel simply cannot do. They must complete it right now. Otherwise, Hamas is just going to rear its ugly head all over again. And they will take advantage of this situation. Israel knows this is a pivotal moment and they have to do something. Here is President Biden, by the way. Last night he was on 60 Minutes. We're going to get to some of the stuff that he said uh, later because some of it was kind of all over the place. But here is his message to Hezbollah and to Iran when he was asked about it on 60 Minutes. There's limited fighting already on the northern Israeli border, and I wonder what is your message to Hezbollah 
and its backer, Iran. Don't. Don't, don't, don't. Don't come across the border. Don't escalate this war. That's right. And speaking of border, uh, boy, there's been a lot coming across our border. A number of individuals, more than a dozen from Iran and more than a dozen from Syria in just the last two days or so coming across our southern border. I don't believe in coincidences. I think that's very odd. They're coming from, quote, the special interest category, which clearly is raising a lot of alarm bells. I'm glad at least they were stopped. But it just makes you wonder who else is here as the FBI is increasing the threat level and the concerns of here in the United States. And this is what Congressman Mike Gallagher has to say about this period, which is going to be very tenuous, not just for Israel, but for the world. This is a moment for America. This should be a wake-up call moment. It is time for us to rearm, get serious, and start leading the free world once again. But if we don't, if we stay divided at home, if we stay distracted, and if we disengage from the world, then we will create an opportunity for China, Russia, and terrorist-sponsoring states like Iran to fill. And that will be a very dark and dangerous world. It's a world we don't want to live in. And he also has a message for President Biden regarding his handling of Iran. And the biggest action this administration needs to do that I fear they're reluctant to do is to abandon their Iran policy, their attempt to uh, increase Iranian influence in the region by pursuing the revival of the Obama nuclear deal with Iran at all costs. Until we fix that basic problem, we're going to be struggling with regional chaos because it, it gets all of our traditional alliances wrong. And so I urge the president to shift course when it comes to Iran, reimpose a policy of maximum pressure, because, of course, Hamas has benefited from Iranian training and largesse and funding for quite some time now. And yet... Our president continues to deny that Iran played any role in this attack. I mean, they're coming out and saying, we're going to hit you in the north if you go in the south. We could play a role in releasing the hostages. We know they're the biggest state sponsor of terrorism in the world. We know that they give more than 90 percent of the funding to Hamas. Uh, I find it hard to believe that Hamas would be able to plan this attack with the gliders and with the rocket launchers and all that stuff. Uh, And just, oh, somehow Iran has no idea what's going on. Uh, What, playing the reluctant debutante. Here is Biden. Take a listen, because this was interesting. He still seems to be in denial that Iran played any role in the most brutal attack on the Israelis since the Holocaust. Take a listen. I don't want to get into classified information, but to be very blunt with you, there is no clear evidence of that. At this point, no evidence that Iran is behind any of this. Correct. Now, Iran constantly supports Hamas and Hezbollah. I don't mean that. But in terms of where they did they have foreknowledge, did they help plan the attack? There's no evidence of that at this point. There is no evidence at this point. He doesn't seem to even want to suggest that they may have played a role. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Alex, line two. Uh, What do you think, Alex? Hey, Rita, a couple of things. Uh, Number one, you know, Joe Biden says that there's no evidence of the Iranians being involved in this, but he says that there's evidence of them being involved in the past. Hey, that's before he gave the $6 billion. So he knew 
that they were funding terror. He's saying this in, the, in this uh, sentence that he laid out there, but he gave them another $6 billion. Oh, so now there's no evidence of, the, of them being involved. But if you knew before that, before he gave the $6 billion that they were involved in other stuff, uh, as it relates to terror, why was he giving them that money at that point in time? And then, you know, his uh, the ac- actions speak louder than words, you know, and, and, and he uses words again and again and doesn't follow up with a threat. And when he does follow up with a threat, he doesn't follow through with a threat. Because you look at the border. He said, don't there as well. He left the border wide open. He said, don't come across. And they came across. Oh, boy, did they. Now he's saying don't. Is he calling for people to do? Because he knows when he says don't, it doesn't work. It hasn't worked in the past. Um, and so his words are just so messed up here. Um, and, and I wanted to ask you, as it relates to China being involved, because I heard just some intel. I want to know if you know about that. What is that? That the Chinese supplied... Uh, Hamas with a lot of military equipment, and they're going to be sending these balloons. This is what someone said. I, I could just a uh, theory. Um, and the Israelis are now afraid to go in and do the full invasion because of different bombs that have been planted underground in Hamas. So it's not really the weather. They're just afraid of uh, it being remote controlled by China. Oh, that's interesting. That? Well, what I did hear, actually, I think um, I've heard some of that, Alex, where I heard that some of the cache of weapons that they already found that they believe were used to attack that village, by the way, some of them uh, were U.S. Uh, that came from Afghanistan because we left them behind, remember, uh, to the Taliban. Uh, the others we know uh, came, they were uh, made by Hamas. There were others that were made by Russia and others made by China, to your point. So you see this sort of access of evil sort of working together, if you will, uh, hand in hand with Hamas. And I've heard that as far as Gaza, I haven't heard about the China aspect in terms of the mining. But what I have heard is that there is a good chance that they know uh, after what they did. There's clearly, after, there's no doubt, after going in and butchering civilians and going to schools and daycare centers and all of this. And by the way, all of that was planned because some of the maps that were seized of the raid by Hamas and the brutality by Hamas show that that was the exact plan, that they wanted to go to this place for maximum impact. They knew it would be maximum terror, but that they also remember they knew that the Israelis would respond. And what would the Israelis do? Hit them from the air and hit them from the ground. So there's a lot of uh, suspicion uh, that clearly, at least Hamas, maybe with the help of China and others, uh, are mining the streets and mining locations, knowing that the Israelis are going to come in, which is why, and Israel knows it too, Alex, that's why they got to be careful when they go in. They got to be very, very careful because it's urban warfare. Now you're dealing with rubble because a lot of the places have been bombed. There's underground. You got the tunnels. There's said to be about 300 miles, linear miles of tunnels. Uh, that's how it's like, you know, a little maze underneath there. Of course, the leaders of Hamas know the tunnels, but the Israelis don't know them as well. And they may be moving the hostages around. It's not like they're in one single location, like in in Tebi. Remember that famous scene where Benjamin Netanyahu went in uh, to try to save his brother and others back then. Uh, But they were all in one location, pretty much, because, of course, it was the plane. Here, they're probably moved all over the place, different intel changes, and they don't know if they're walking into a trap. That's why it's really scary. So you hit something really, really important, Alex. 
1-800-848-9222. And we'll continue with your calls, everybody, right after the break. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. And in about 10 minutes or so from now, we will be talking to the senior diplomat for Israel in New York, Aviv Ezra, to get his take on these fast changing developments that are happening over in Israel. Such a high stakes time, as we know, that President Biden now is going over there. It just came out a little bit ago. Uh, and it said there are reports that said that he waited to make the announcement until Israel agreed to some humanitarian relief in Gaza. Now, boy, what a contrast that is to Hamas. Hamas comes in and slaughters women and children takes them hostages in all these different villages in Israel. And meantime, on the flip side, when Israel, even though they say they're going to go for a ground incursion, it looks like, and surround them from air, sea, and land in Gaza, uh, they put out flyers and say, hey, we're coming in. Good people, if you want to get out, we're going to go after the bad guys. I mean, and then when there were reports, well, you cut off the food, you cut off water, you cut off other things, Israel announced, well, okay, water back on. And they're also trying to get safe passage to get individuals who do want to get out so they can limit civilian casualties. Uh, Far cry from the way Hamas does business and what they did to Israel. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Jacqueline, line nine, uh, line eight, rather. Jacqueline, go ahead. Hi, Rita. You know, you asked for those of us that maybe disagree with Joe Biden's politics and how he operates. Um, As you know, I'm one of those people. However, I wonder if he's saying one thing publicly and he and his administration are doing something different behind the scenes. Iran has um, recently acquired top-of-the-line submarines. So I don't think there's any coincidence that Joe Biden moved those uh, naval uh, vessels closer to Israel. So I, I, I think he realizes that this could very easily escalate to something very serious around the world. Um, you know, Iran has made threats against the United States going back, as I told you, to the end of August with their presence in Syria. Um, so I, I think he and his administration, maybe behind the scenes, are showing, are starting to show a little bit more strength. I agree. Kind of by the it. way, by the way, Jacqueline, I 100% agree. And I also think him going over there, I think, is a very important message. I think it's, a, I think it's a great message. And you're right. Maybe behind the scenes, he's emitting a little more strength by putting, like as you said, those two aircraft carrier groups. Also, Iran, uh, certainly Hezbollah has a lot of capabilities in the north, so he does have to be prepared. 
and do whatever he can to deter it. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, which I love doing every night here on the Rita Cosby Show, where we get to honor our men and women in blue in law enforcement, a powerful story coming from North Charleston, South Carolina, where a police officer's quick thinking is being credited for helping to save the life of a two-year-old girl who fell out of a moving vehicle on the interstate a private first class, Jason Marzen, who is a four-year veteran of the police agency, was at a medical center at 10 o'clock in the morning when he learned that a child had been injured after she fell out of a moving vehicle on Interstate 26. He arrived on the scene and he saw the toddler lying in the roadway. He said he saw a soldier from Shaw Air Force Base nearby who was in a vehicle behind the vehicle from which the toddler fell. And he was able to position their car to prevent any other vehicle from hitting the child in the roadway. The officer said, my first thought is to make sure nothing else happens to this little child. It's all different things that kick in. You know, I've been in the Army, he said, for 21 years, retired. So it's just all kind of comes to you. Quick reactions. It's what you need to do. Marsden said he saw the toddler's right arm had also been severed just above the elbow. And he applied a tourniquet to control the bleeding. Fortunately, EMS arrived only minutes later and quickly took the child to a nearby hospital. Speaking with the surgeon and the family at the hospital, they said if it was a minute later, that probably would have been tragic in so many different directions. Marzan, who has six children himself, said, quote, this is probably one of the best things about wearing the badge. And, you know, not every call you go through has a happy ending. This one is different. You know, that's what makes me want to go another 20 years if it ends up like this. He also said everybody has been very supportive since the incident and said he felt he was just doing his job that day. Uh, By the way, uh, the little child is also said to be doing okay. had a long surgery and they were able to reattach the arm and he is expected to heal. That's an amazing, incredible story. Can you imagine a toddler falling out? On a highway, what a crazy and dangerous situation. And we're talking about the war in Israel as it prepares for a massive ground invasion at any moment against the terrorist group Hamas. And joining us now to discuss all these big developments here on the Rita Cosby Show is Mr. Aviv Ezra. He is a senior diplomat for Israel in New York. Uh, Aviv, um, first off, I'm so happy you're here. Again, I wish it was under much better circumstances. How close do you think we are to a ground invasion? It seems like all the places and the pieces are getting ready. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Uh, the truth is that Israel is at war. And as uh, you mentioned correctly, October uh, 7th, we were attacked by 1,200 uh, um, terrorists that came to actually specifically target civilians in our 21 uh, 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 villages around uh, uh, the Gaza Strip. Let me just say this in terms of just the background. This was the worst attack against Jews since the Holocaust. This was the worst attack against Israelis ever since the establishment of, of the state of Israel. And this is for us 
it's not it's not just the Israeli 9/11 in this sense. This is for us a magnitude that, if I want to make it, you know, put it in perspective uh, for your listeners, I would say if Israel is 10 million people population, United States is 350 million. Like, I would say that means that we have lost around 35,000 people. And here is the question that we ask, the WWAD question. What would America do in a situation like that? And this is where we stand at this point, which means that Israel will have to make a move. It will be a ground campaign, and we will make sure that we have uh, the right goals to crush uh, Hamas military uh, uh, capabilities against Israel and, and, and eliminate all the threats against the Israeli civilians. Aviv, what do you know about the hostages, too? Because, of course, that's so complicated. Uh, The Israeli uh, military, I think, is so extraordinary. By far, I think, one of the best in the world. Going in there, though, it's complicated. And now Hamas is coming out and saying that they may have 200 to 250 hostages. I don't know if you believe them. I don't know if the world can believe anything from them. But um, they clearly do have a number of hostages. How complex Uh does that make going in? A hundred percent. That that makes the event much more complex. And uh, uh, we have the ability to uh, know what their plans are right now after finding some of their manuals of these terrorists that were uh, caught uh, after uh, they perpetrated uh, their uh, deeds back in the villages in Israel. And we know that their instructions was, A, to kill and torture people, but B, was also to abduct and kidnap uh, many of the Israelis that they could find. So what they have done is that they have, uh, as you mentioned, uh, kidnapped. No, they know the sensitivity that Israel has vis-a-vis uh, uh, kidnapped uh, citizens and kidnapped soldiers, and they have done exactly that. And it's going to be very complex in the sense that they will take all of them down to the underground uh, tunnels that they have, and it will make it much more complicated. The thing is that many of these uh, kidnapped uh, citizens are dual citizens. So many of them have citizenships in other almost 20 countries, including uh, Americans. At this point, I think, Rita, it's fair to note that we are talking about an event where 30 U.S. citizens were murdered, butchered, and an additional 20 were kidnapped. I don't think that in the last decade, America faced an event like that where 50 of its citizens were either kidnapped or murdered in this sense. Yeah, it is shocking. And, and I'll tell you, I think... As we saw what was happening, uh, the whole world was just horrified by what Hamas did uh, to the Israelis. And as you mentioned, Americans and others, too. But it is just you're, you are fighting for survival. Um, and, and Israel right now to suddenly be brutalized as it has. How worried are you also of some of these threats coming from Hamas and Iran uh, that potentially there could be activity from the north, from Hezbollah, that you could get squeezed from both directions? So you know that uh, 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 there are two elements that uh, uh, Hamas miscalculated. The first element is that they forgot that we have great friends around the world headed by the United States of America. We are so grateful for the support coming both from the executive branch and the legislative branch, both from the president and Congress in a bipartisan manner. There was a a bipartisan delegation headed by the Senate Majority Leader Schumer in Israel a couple of uh, actually 24 hours ago, and the president's speech, and he specifically said the word don't when he mentioned that in reflection to the Northern Front, because we are concerned that Iran 
will use their second proxy, which is Hezbollah, in this, uh, in this conflict. So Iran, think of it as an octopus. One hand is Hamas. The other hand is Hezbollah, and more hands on the, on the, on the Syria Golan. And Iran is the one that could actually decide that Hezbollah will uh, start attacking Israel from the north. But since then, we know that we have America behind us. We have many other friends that understand that this conflict is not about land. It's not about money. It's not about interest. It's about hatred. It is a fight between civilization and barbarism. It is a fight between uh, civilized uh, countries, not necessarily always free, but civilized countries between countries that are are representing values of hate, violence, and vicious attacks against innocent civilians. Well, and uh, everybody, we are talking to Aviv Ezra, senior diplomat for Israel in New York here on the Rita Cosby Show. I think about also such a contrast, Aviv, because here is Israel about to go into Gaza, and yet they are sending flyers and telling the citizens, hey, if you want to get out, get out. Um, also, you turn back on the water, I saw. I mean, Think about what a contrast that is, and I hope more people clearly see that in the world because the barbarism that Hamas did on you, and yet you are saying, good people, get out. You know, if you want to get out, we're coming in. I mean, they would never have done that. This is exactly the difference between Israel and Hamas. Israel, on the one hand, is warning innocent civilians before it comes uh, in to to make sure that we can crush the, the military angle of Hamas. And Hamas, on the other hand, is preventing them from going out. They're actually using them, using their own citizens as human shield. You know, you, you, can't, you can't get lower than that. And when it comes to humanitarian aid, I mean, we have opened two corridors in order for these uh, innocent civilians to go down to the south. We have, been, we have, we have given them nine days to, to do that. We have the, uh, secured shelters where they can go to. Uh, and, and, and frankly, I have to tell you, there is no uh, any any uh, uh, I would say uh, prevention from them to go down all the way to uh, to the southern uh, part of Gaza unless Hamas will prevent them from doing it, and this is exactly what they're doing. How concerned are you about Iran too, and how much of a player do you think Iran is in this attack and in so much of terrorism in your part of the world? Well, Iran is the major major head and uh, contributor. Uh, um, unease in the entire conflict. No doubt about it. They are financing Hamas. 93% of the budget of Hamas is an Iranian budget. They are equipping them with uh, military equipment. They are giving them know-how and technologies, and they're doing the same in Hezbollah in the north. So in a sense, we, are, uh, we know that uh, Iran is behind it, and we think that Iran should be uh, 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 the, the issue of Iran should be addressed back at the U.S. Security Council, snapping back the sanctions against them and not supporting them in any way, shape, or form. And, and, and on top of that, as I mentioned in regards to, uh, to the U.S. Uh, support, the fact that we have two air, uh, aircraft carriers coming to the region, including one that is already there and the second one, that's a projection of power to tell Iran, you're not going to make a mess out of this area called the Middle East, and, and you should not do that. Yeah, absolutely. That is such a strong message. Of course, the U.S. Gerald Ford and the U.S. Eisenhower um, en route. How is the morale of the Israeli people? I'm amazed at their resilience. And you know what I think has been so incredible, Aviv, that there have been people lining up coming into Israel because they want to join the fight. Israelis around the globe are flying in. That's that is extraordinary. 
Correct, 100%. Look, on the one hand, people were, were really horrified by the atrocities that the Hamas uh, terrorists have conducted. They have, they have uh, you know, I, they, I, they've, they've, they've raped women. They have decapitated babies. They have shot elder women, some of the Holocaust survivors, in the back of their head. Really things that are unthinkable. But on the other hand, I told you that there's, one, there's two things that they have uh, miscalculated. One is the support from our friends, but the other is the spirit of the, of the people of Israel. And the spirit of the people of Israel that you mentioned uh, is the one that is coming up from the ashes, and we have done that so many times. And now the rate of, uh, of uh, the reserves unit is 150%. People are fighting for their home. They will push back, and they will make sure that we will extract the highest price tag from Hamas to make sure that not only them understand, they, they understand that they have made a big mistake, but also other proxies of Iran will understand the lesson. Yeah, the world has to know uh, that they can't keep coming back. Uh, there has to be a message. Do you believe that you are able to dismantle Hamas or at least punish them so bad that they can't recuperate? A hundred percent. I mean, the, the IDF is capable of doing it. The only limitation that we have is that we do not want to hurt innocent civilians. Therefore, we are waiting in a manner that will minimize the effect. I'm not going to say that it's going to be on a zero level, but the thing is that we have to ask ourselves who is responsible for this uh, uh, entire uh, campaign. And, and I think it's pretty clear that the ones who opened, uh, the, I would say, doors of hell in October 7th, need to understand that they're going to pay the price. Well, we are with you and our prayers are with you so much. Uh, Aviv Ezra, the senior diplomat for Israel in New York, thank you for being here on the show on such an important uh, big news time. You are welcome back anytime, Aviv. Thank you, Rita, and God bless. God bless you guys in Israel as they are now preparing for what looks like an assault from the ground, air, and sea. And again, you know that those two U.S. carrier strike groups, one already in theater, another one on the way, and now President Biden going there on Wednesday. Wow, so many developments. We're going to take your calls, everybody, after the break. 1-800-848-9222. And you're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. The Rita Cosby Show. As we know, as we mentioned, President Biden going to Israel. It just came out a little bit ago. He's going to be there on Wednesday. But tomorrow, New York Governor Kathy Hochul going to Israel, putting out a statement just a little bit ago saying, quote, during these difficult times, it's more important than ever for New York to show up in support of Israel. Tomorrow, I'll be traveling to Israel for a solidarity mission 
where I plan to meet with diplomatic leaders and communities who have been devastated by the horrific Hamas attacks. New York will show the world that we stand with Israel today, tomorrow, and forever. A very powerful statement coming from the New York governor. And by the way, also Mayor Eric Adams. He has been pounding his fist and condemning these horrible anti-Semitic comments that we've seen at a number of universities and different rallies, also standing very firm behind Israel after these horrific attacks. Uh, So many political leaders stepping up, while a couple of them uh, have really uh, hit rock bottom with some of the comments that they have made. But I'm happy to see so many are rallying behind Israel during this very important time. 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. And you're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. Let's go to Norm on line one. Uh, Norm, I think it's great that the president's going, and now we're hearing that uh, Governor Kathy Hochul's going. No, listen, I I think it's it's great that President Biden's going. I think it's great that uh, other politicians are going. But... uh, uh, you know, I mean, uh, this is the largest uh, collection of Jews in, in America or in New York State. So, Absolutely. I mean, for for, for uh, Eric Adams and Hochul not to show they're sympathetic, um, it would be a political suicide. So, I mean, I, I you know, on that level, look, here's the situation. Uh, it, it's all fine that Biden says things on 60 Minutes and, uh, you know, but then, of course, he, he says that Israel shouldn't be shouldn't occupy Gaza. Right. Like they're supposed to end this incursion by next week and then get out. That doesn't work that way. I mean, we've been in Germany since the end of World War Two. We're still there after, you know, so uh, here. It's just uh, actions, not words. By the way, by the way, I think you should have been more clear on that, don't you? Uh, You hit a great point, because when he said that, I was watching uh, when he said that. In fact, Norm, hold on, because I'm going to play this. I'll get you to react um, because you you heard it. Thank you. Hold on one sec. This is cut number two. This is Biden on 60 Minutes. You do not agree with the Israeli total siege of the Gaza Strip. I'm confident that Israel is going to act under the major, the, the rules of war. There, there's a standard that democratic institutions and countries go, go by. And so uh, I'm, I'm confident that there's going to be an ability for the innocents in Gaza to be able to have access to medicine and food and water. Would you support Israeli occupation of Gaza at this point? I think it'd be a big mistake. Look, what happened in Gaza, in my view, is Hamas and the extreme elements of Hamas don't represent all the Palestinian people. And uh, I think that uh, it would be a mistake to uh, for Israel to occupy Gaza again. We did, but to going in and taking out the uh, the extremists, the uh, Hezbollah is up north, but Hamas down south is a necessary requirement. Do you believe that Hamas must be eliminated entirely? Uh, Yes, I do. But there needs to be a Palestinian authority. There needs to be a, a path to a Palestinian state. It was an interesting exchange, Norm, because he said, I don't want Mm -hmm. them to occupy. Not that, you know, Israel isn't saying they want to occupy. 
Yeah, but it's a little bit, you're right, it's a little bit of word salad because on mm-hmm. one hand, uh, you can't just do a pinpoint prick and then get out. If the goal is really to eliminate Hamas, and I think everybody uh, in their right mind should agree to that, and I'm glad the president feels strong, and I, I know you do too, Norm. I mean, we both, and the key is to get rid of uh, these evildoers. Um, I was hearing it's like about 150,000 of these sort of diehard fighters. That's a lot of them to get rid of. And, you know, what's the definition of occupation? That That's where it gets into. Your thoughts, Norm? My thoughts are <clears throat> leave them alone. Let them do what the hell they want to do. Um, I, you, know, you mean the I, Israelis? It's the result of this president footsieing around and this administration, okay? Okay, and I, I really believe Barack Obama is behind all this. Okay, it is, it is, it is, it is this administration and the Obama administration footsieing around for whatever reasons, ideological, money, whatever, with with Iran. Okay, and uh, that that because in their heart they believe. Okay, believe it. Uh, Obama believed that Israel was some sort of imperialist apartheid state. You know, in his in his uh, whatever sixties mindset. I don't know whatever, but. I, I I think I think that uh, they screwed up the situation. They need to stay the hell out of there. Four years we had peace, um, the accords with Trump. Um, there, we, we were going towards peace, and then now because we we have to be energy dependent once again, it brought Iran into making boatloads of money and all these Iran nuclear deals, which is like trying to befriend a scorpion okay i mean this, this mm-hmm. it's it's ridiculous we're tra- we're trying to like befriend uh, this this evil nation uh that uh is screwing up everything. And yeah. that was going to throw us into some sort of World War III, I believe. And and they clearly, like you just said, that's the big concern. They clearly would like to kind of engage with us. They've already said that if Israel goes into Gaza, we may need to respond, meaning we are on, they're saying. And that's where it's going to get really, really tricky, uh, which is why we need to be clear, we need to be firm, and we need to stand by Israel 100%. We'll continue your calls after the break, guys. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Tonight on the Rita Cosby Show, lots of major, major developments. As again, we are getting word that President Biden is going to visit Israel in what is going to be a very high stakes trip. We also know that U.S. troops, according to multiple reports, are on standby, some 2,000 of them to help with medical supplies and other things. There is the aircraft carrier, of course. Uh, the USS Gerald Ford in theater, it has a lot of fighter jets attached to it, definitely sends a message to Iran and others, uh, don't interfere with what's happening. And it seems that Israel was sort of full steam ahead, uh, ready to go in. There were also reports of rain, as we know, over the weekend. You don't want to go in if you're going to do a ground offensive because you got to spot those targets also from the air and you don't want any cloud cover. So that could have been the case for sure on Saturday. 
But then on Sunday, it looked like it was nicer weather over there in Israel. So why the delay? Is it because there are reports that behind the scenes, some U.S. officials and others are certainly saying, go slow? Think about the humanitarian crisis in Gaza. And, of course, nobody wants any innocent civilians to be killed. But as we were just talking in the last hour, look at what Hamas is doing. Hamas right now is saying to its residents, don't leave Gaza. Remember, Hamas controls Gaza. And there are some images that were shown a couple hours ago from the Israeli Defense Forces where you could clearly see Hamas had roadblocks in where people were trying to leave. It was the exit area. And they had roadblocks basically saying, uh, you're not going anywhere. I mean, what kind of organization that runs a city and is truly the leadership of that city? They were elected, remember, a number of years ago by the people there in that Palestinian territory. And yet they're not even letting their people go when they know they're being bombarded and about to have a ground assault. That is because they want human shields. They want these images. I believe firmly that they'd like to see images, sadly, of people being hurt over there that they can show use it for propaganda. Look what happened. Look what the Israelis are doing. Well, guess what? The Israelis are not the ones who started this. Again, it's like saying to America, uh, don't respond after 9-11. That's not a nice thing to go after that nice guy, Osama bin Laden. Can you imagine if somebody ever said that after 9-11? You go, forget that. We're going in threefold, tenfold, a hundredfold. That's why this is so important. And not just, I believe, for Israel, but I truly do believe this is something to eradicate evil. If they can knock out Hamas and send a message to Iran to put Iran in check as well. And who knows where this is going to go. It may end up where there are targeting of places in Iran, whether it's by Israel or somewhere else of their nuclear sites. Who knows? But the thing that's really treacherous and really dangerous here, not only, of course, first and foremost, they want to get these hostages out. There are reports, again, a Hamas spokesperson saying that they are willing to release the foreign hostages when conditions are right, and also if there's no incursion into Gaza. Well, first of all, that ain't going to happen. You can't trust them. Maybe there is some behind-the-scenes deals trying to get some of them out. We know that also some folks from Hamas have been putting out videos. They just put a video out of this girl uh, who's an Israeli girl basically pleading, saying, I'm here, I'm okay. You see that she was shot in the arm, uh, and she says, I had a surgery Um, I'm here. I just hope I come home soon. And they're going to start using a lot of these hostages for propaganda purposes. And that's where it gets really ugly. You can bet Israel and also I would think U.S. special ops are going to try to somehow get as many hostages out as they can. They've got to at least try. They have a history and they've had some success in the past. Israel has had some great success. So has the United States. But this is going to be tough. There's rubble. There are tunnels. It is urban setting. When you go into an urban setting, anybody who's been in warfare, you know that there's like eight or 20 different directions that someone could be shooting at you from, from the rooftops, from all these other different blocks and different areas that you don't have in a much more sort of rural terrain. So this is going to be treacherous. It's going to be deadly. And it is going to be bloody. But they're going to try to at first, I would imagine, maybe seeing if there's some sort of deal for hostages to try to get some of them out. 
maybe do some raids if they know for sure where some of them are. They're probably split up. That's the other thing. They're probably moved into different locations. Also, there's some Israeli officials that are saying tonight that, yes, obviously Hamas has the bulk of them. But there's also some of these like sort of bands of criminals that are tied to Hamas and bad guys that are just capitalizing on the situation that took some of these individuals, too. So they could be in like residences. They could be in, you know, storefronts. They could be in hospitals. They could be in a slew of areas. And it makes it so difficult and so treacherous and so dangerous. And of course, the key is to try to bring them home. The number also of American hostages going up today. Originally, it was 13 in the morning. Now it is at least 15 unaccounted for. We don't know again if all of them are hostages. But Hamas is coming out and saying that they're holding anywhere, as you heard me say, 200 to 250, many of them Israelis, but other nationalities as well. So that's a lot of hostages, and most people believe they are not in one location, that they are scattered throughout Gaza and clearly being used as bargaining chips right now. So that's why this visit by President Biden is really, really pivotal And also to see what Israel does. Will they do anything? Probably, I would assume, not before Biden comes in. I would assume it means they probably would not do a ground incursion until he comes in and has some meetings there. Maybe potentially afterwards at that point. We'll see. But boy, this will be, I think, one of the most pivotal visits in his presidency. I mean, you think about, I would say, Afghanistan, disaster. Okay, Uh, You'll look back at some of these other things. Disaster. There's been a lot of mistakes made, and that's why this is such a tough and treacherous, treacherous time. And especially if Israel has to fight the war on two fronts. That's when it gets really, really ugly. First off, here is President Biden. He was on 60 Minutes last night, and he was asked, can we handle it all? We're dealing with everything in Ukraine. They're about to do another package to get Ukraine funding. That's part of the reason they also want to hurry up and try to get a speaker in there for the House. That may come as early as tomorrow, Jim Jordan, who I think is a great choice. So we'll see where that goes. There may be others thrown in the mix. But also, can America deal with that? And then obviously supporting Israel. Take a listen. We're the United States of America, for God's sake. The most powerful nation in the history, not in the world, in the history of the world the history of the world, we can take care of both of these and still maintain our overall international defense. We have the capacity to do this, and we have an obligation to. We are the essential nation, as to, to, to Paris, Paris, the former Secretary of State. And if we don't, who does? And then he was asked about what happens with American troops. Take a listen. Can you foresee U.S. troops in combat in this new Middle East war? I I don't think that's necessary. Israel has one of the finest fighting forces in the country. I guarantee we're going to provide them everything they need. Because of what we're seeing in the Middle East, is the threat of terrorism in the United States increased? Yes. I had a meeting this morning with the Homeland Security people, with the FBI, for the Situation Room for better part of an hour to discuss how we make sure that we prevent a lone wolf and or any coordinated effort to try to 
do what was done in synagogues before, do what was done to Jews in the street. And so we're, 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 we're making a major effort to make sure that doesn't happen. Can you foresee... Can you foresee different reasons? And we do know that about 2,000 of them are indeed U.S. troops headed over there again at this point to help with evacuations, to help with a series of things at this point, not saying by any means that they are there for combat. But they certainly, I believe, will help in some form, you would think, with getting the Americans out. The key is getting the best intel to know where they are first. And here is President Biden because he's asked, he sounded tired. I mean, even Scott Pelley, who is definitely a fan of Joe Biden, seemed to be saying, Mr. President, you sound tired and boy, do you look tired. And now he's about to go over to Israel on what's going to be a really difficult trip negotiating situation there. And then he's going to go over to Jordan. Uh, and he sounded exhausted. I mean, you heard him yesterday. He sounded downright exhausted. So here is Scott Pelley asking, can he really handle a second term? Listen to this. Look, when I ran, I said the world's at an inflection point. The world's changing, but we have an opportunity to make it. So imagine if we were able to succeed in getting the Middle East put in place where we have normalization of relations. I think we can do that. Imagine what happens if we, in fact, unite all of Europe and Putin is finally put down where he cannot cause the kind of trouble he's been causing. We have enormous opportunities, enormous opportunities to make it a better world. So does that sound like a president who has this all wrapped up? I am very happy, though, to hear that he is going over there. Uh, I'm happy to hear that he has been steadfast in supporting Israel. Although, remember, when the war broke out, the first tweet that came from the State Department over there in the Palestinian office, remember, was a ceasefire on both sides. And then you've got a lot of these folks in the Democratic sort of socialist wing of the Democratic Party that clearly are, you know, downright anti-Semitic. He's got to rein them in. To me, some of the comments are just shameful. Uh, And in fact, I want to play, this is cut number 12. And this is an Arab woman. Take a listen to what she actually said. I mean, what's so surprising to me, and I'm curious your thoughts, that these individuals who are either whether they're out there at a number of different universities and colleges in America, they're in Times Square, they're sometimes marching to the Israeli consulate in New York, but they're sort of all over the place. And they don't seem to care. They seem to think, yeah, you know, uh, Hamas has a right to defend itself. It's like, wait, 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 wait. Israel's the one who was attacked. Uh, but these people seem brainwashed. And I don't see Joe Biden condemning this type of rhetoric. He needs to be tougher. He needs to say it's despicable and it should not be in the Democratic Party. As the leader of the Democratic Party, these people, and I'm talking the sort of Democratic socialists, the AOCs, the Bernie Sanders, uh, the Rashida Tlaib, who was chased down the hallway the other day, and they were asking her, can you condemn Hamas? And she couldn't answer it like it was like a trick question for some reason. I mean, what is wrong with these people? There is no gray. When you are fighting evil and you've got a monster coming into your country and slaughtering women and beheading babies, where is the gray? There is no gray. And yet, listen to this Arab woman. She was on Canadian TV 
and actually made this remark recently. Everyone's talking about this one. Hamas is not a terrorist group. Oh, it isn't, man. First of all, Hamas is not okay. a terrorist group. Hamas is not a terrorist group. What is it, like a motorcycle club? Or? It is a resistance that has been fuming for 75 years of colonialism, of occupation, of murder, of rape, of little children, of women. That's what they are. They are resistance. Do you think Canada is everything, a colonialist country, too? Everything or? that they do is justified. Including what happened last week? Every single thing they have done is justified. Where are these people coming from? I am happy to see that there has been this backlash in many spheres. A lot of business people putting out the word saying, you know what? Why don't you list the people at some of these universities like Harvard and elsewhere that are out there saying some of these like ridiculous things like we just heard this woman say and say, you know what? We're not going to hire those people. There was a recent one that happened from a New York university where the woman put out all this vile, horrible pro Hamas stuff and anti-Israel stuff. And then her law offer at a legal firm got turned down and she was upset. Are you kidding me? Character matters. And if I was a boss and somebody came to me, I'd say, get the heck out of here. Uh, you know what? I would never hire somebody who was out there spewing hate and saying Hamas, uh, you know, was right in what they were doing and shame on Israel at a time like this. When you have evil versus good and someone's fighting for civilization and they get slaughtered and somehow you think that that's justified, that says a lot. And these are not like two year olds. These are college kids and above that are out there at these protests. I think everybody who blackballs them and says, you know what? Uh, we're going to put their name out there or they shouldn't be hired. They should be on a do not hire list. I hate to say it. I'm hardcore. There are some people out there that I've seen come out and say, well, they're young people. We should forgive them. You know what? They're not that young. When I was in college, I never in my right mind would ever have said anything like that. They should have repercussions because it says something about their character. One eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. One eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. And we will continue your calls after the break. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. And as we are keeping a close eye clearly at what is happening in Israel and, of course, Gaza, we are also keeping a close eye on our southern border. There have been more individuals tied to Iran and Syria and Lebanon, places like that, with, as you know, Hamas ties and Hezbollah ties, both funded by Iran, crossing our southern border than ever before. And that is downright scary. The FBI putting out an all-points bulletin saying that there is a heightened concern in this climate for potential attacks. Uh, not that they have anything serious or credible, like a pinpoint one or something that they're aware of, but just everybody to be on their guard. This is a very scary time right now in the world. And they know uh, that, you know, tensions are high, emotions are high, and both sides Very, very passionate. And also, with a wide-open southern border, who knows who's already in our country? That is the really scary thing. There may be sleeper cells already in our country. 
And maybe they've been here. Maybe they came in with the seven or eight million that Joe Biden has allowed to come in immediately and illegally over the last few years. There's also debate in Congress over whether to allow those from Gaza into the country. And I don't think this is the right time to do it. You can't we can't even vet the ones that are coming through now. And you're going to have people at a time where you know that a members of Hamas will be among those Gazans for sure. You're going to there's there's just no way you're not going to be able to vet them all suddenly if they come into our country. I don't think that that is a good decision right now. And many in Congress are saying the same thing as members of the Democratic Socialists once again saying we should have them come in and come to this country and they should get some sort of expedited push to be able to cross into our homeland. What are your thoughts about all this? That, I think, is really dangerous at this time. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Curtis in North Carolina. Uh, Curtis, I, I don't think it's a good idea to have these folks get special status come in. I worry what's going to happen in our country. I Well, yeah, me too. I, I'll tell you what. um now that you've kind of moved the conversation along, I'd really like to say a few things. Um, number one, yeah, it's nice to make this um, make make um, Israel's um, uh, military action as surgical as we possibly can. But let us remember, we have um, our president has ordered uh, the deaths of over a hundred million people collaterally. Yes, and uh, that happened, of course, in 1945, and. Um, but what are you talking? Uh, what are you talking about, Curtis? What are you talking about? Japan, Japan dropped right. the bomb. It saved okay. millions of lives. Whereas the island hopping had been a bloodbath already before we got to Japan. They had estimated a million deaths doing it that way. They got in and found it. Well, no, it would have been more like two million. But that um, you know collateral damage hurts. I and I'm sorry, but this is happening now. Because we couldn't accept collateral, or we couldn't accept collateral damage earlier. Actually, you know, you know, you know what, Curtis, you're right because that's why we're sort of in this position. It seems like every time Israel gets close to going in, and not that they're going to drop a, you know, a, a bomb like they, we did in Hiroshima and Nagasaki, uh, but they certainly will come in with tremendous firepower. Every time they get really close, it seems like the world community says, "Wait, wait, 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 wait." And they can't do it anymore. They got to wipe out a moss. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, which I love doing every night here on the Rita Cosby Show. And given everything going on in the world, boy, is it a reminder of how important our military is, our brave men and women. And this story coming from Northampton County, Pennsylvania, where a local resident there, Vanessa Scheiber, earned two Purple Hearts for the sacrifices she made for America while serving in Iraq and Afghanistan. And her interaction with children in Afghanistan even motivated her to become a teacher once she retired and the U.S. Army Staff Sergeant Veteran Schreiber was named among the Patriot Project's honorees 
The Purple Heart Patriot Project is a program which is part of the National Purple Heart Honor Association. Just to give you a little background about this amazing woman, when she was 37 years old, uh, right now, uh, she looks back on her life and recalls when she enlisted in the Army in April 2007 and served for 11 years as a member of the 101st Airborne Division and later the 1st Armored Division. Her first deployment was part of Operation Iraqi Freedom. Then the next year, while working with the service and recovery team, she was traveling alongside the road as part of a convoy through Mosul when the convoy was ambushed and she was shot in her upper torso, causing several rib fractures and a collapsed lung. Then several years later, December 2016, she was deployed to Asadabad, Afghanistan, as part of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I was in Asadabad. I know exactly where it is. It is no man's land. The convoy that she was in on December 30th, 2016, she was traveling, was stuck, struck by an IED, and the vehicle that she was in flipped on its side. The driver and she were both crushed in the cabin. Her injuries included uh, severe injuries to her spine, including nine broken vertebrae, vertebrae that had to be stabilized by 10 screws. And she had many, many surgeries. Boy, is she a survivor and a hero. And the head of the National Purple Heart Honor Mission said Vanessa and her fellow Patriot Project honorees represent the very best of the best that our country has to offer. Uh, She further also said that one of her proudest achievements on top of everything she's done in the military, and boy, is she fearless. She's also a proud mother who describes her son as her personal hero that helped her get through all the pain and dark places. Wow. Bravo to her. And thank goodness she's been able to share her story for future generations to understand her incredible, incredible sacrifice. Well, we are talking, of course, about everything that is going on in Israel. And for some reason, President Biden still is really tepid when it comes to Iran. He does the interview with 60 Minutes, and he said, you know, we just don't see a direct link here. Uh, Almost makes it sound like, ah, there couldn't be a tie. Wait a minute. Iran is by far the biggest funder of Hamas. It's the funder of Hamas. More than 90% of the funds essentially from Iran go to fund Hamas. Also, same thing with Hezbollah. Hezbollah is basically 92 or 93% funded from Hamas. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out what is going on here. We see Hezbollah firing rockets into Israel from the north. Of course, we know of the brutal attack that took place by Hamas in the south on those little villages there in Israel. They brutalized them. They slaughtered them. And suddenly it was this very well-coordinated attack. It comes at a time where we have definitely the Biden administration appeasing Iran. And for some reason, this president continues to ignore what is blatant evidence. He doesn't want to point the fingers at Iran under any shape or form. Why is he so scared of Iran? These individuals only understand strength. They only understand clarity. And when you see a president there at 60 Minutes saying, well, I don't really see any evidence. I'm not really sure. 
that doesn't breed confidence in the world that this is the commander in chief of America, the leader of the world. You need to be forceful. You need to be clear and you need to be concise. I'm glad he is sending, as we know, those ships. We know that the U.S. Gerald Ford's right there. We know that the USS Eisenhower is on the way. I'm glad that at least there's some evidence of force because his words to me don't really sound that forceful to say, uh, if you're planning on doing anything bad to Israel, don't. Uh, that doesn't sound very convincing. I hope he is being much more firm behind closed doors because publicly he is not, I don't think, hitting the mark. And it deeply, deeply concerns me as an American. This denial and this lack of strength is really a dangerous formula, not just for Israel, but for America and for the world. What are your thoughts, everybody? It's 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. And here is General John Teichert. Uh, John Katsimatidis and I spoke with him earlier today on Katz and Cosby. He was uh, one of the commanders there in the Air Force, also for Space Force. And this is what he says. He knows the region. He's been over there in Iraq and elsewhere. And he says Iran only responds to one thing. So I think this is just standard for the Biden administration where they don't have a consolidated position of strength, will and resolve that is necessary to handle the difficult situations that we see in the world. And the one thing that I know about Iran is that they thrive on weakness and appeasement. And the only thing that they respect is strength, capability, will, and resolve. And until we get our story straight and our actions aligned with our words, then they're going to keep taking advantage of the situation like they did in that brutal terrorist attack in Israel some 10 days ago. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you could say that the U.S. is basically funding this war that Hamas is waging, that Iran is waging. It's very clear. We have changed our energy policy. We've put us in such a dire circumstance. So Iran has become this big trader in the world, selling tons of oil. Look at how much money they're bringing in, billions upon billions of dollars. And we are not enforcing the sanctions that are on the books. If we just enforce the sanctions that were already on the books, we would be definitely holding the neck of Iran. And yet here we are giving Iran basically free reign. They're bringing in billions upon billions of dollars every week. And that's how they're buying the weaponry to go after Israel and elsewhere. That it's it's a fact. You look at the situation that's happening right now. So you could basically say the Biden administration's funding the war. If they were tough on Israel, uh, rather tough on Iran, if they really went after Iran and said, "Okay, we're just going to even enforce the sanctions that are existing right now. And if they said, do not even think about touching one hair of an American or else. We probably would not be in this situation they sense weakness. They saw Afghanistan. They saw the minor incursion comment. They see the way that he's mamsy pamsy with China. All of these things create a very dangerous climate. And yet John Kirby at the National uh, Security Council there at the White House, this is what he had to say over the weekend when he was asked, you know, are you kind of opening this door with Iran? And oh, no. Oh, no. Listen to this. 
But and fair I've, to say that it relieves other financial obligations yeah, for them. If they know that they can get help on these other fronts through money yeah. coming in. Yeah. I mean, the State Department tells us that yeah. Iran gives $100 billion a year in support to Palestinian terror groups. This is the fungibility argument, which is also a false argument, too. It's not like the Iranians were sitting around saying, hmm, well, we have $6 billion that we can free up to, to, to go fund terrorists and not feed our, we don't have to worry about feeding our people. They never were worried about feeding their people. They were never worried about actual humanity assistance to their own population. And again, they don't have any access to it. The other argument is that the, 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 the support to terrorists, that, that has been longstanding under previous administrations as well. So why and it's it not like we haven't, we haven't made it easier, Shannon. We have, in this administration alone, just in the two and a half years the president's been in office, 400 entities sanctioned for a range of reasons, 30, uh, 30 additional sanction regimes and 300 entities just in the last year alone. And again, we've increased our military presence. This idea that we're just somehow turning a blind eye, whistling past the graveyard as Iran supports terrorists networks is just not true. Does he sound convincing to you? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Uh, let's go to Pete, line one. Uh, Pete, uh, do you buy it? I don't really buy it, Rita. I agree with you. I agree with Norman and Jacqueline. And it looks like Teddy's coming over our way that he's seeing what reality is, you know, and also Stan. But, uh, you know, this talk about uh, Biden, uh, don't, don't, don't. I mean, that's not a strong message to send out. And if he does what he's been saying, all right. But I don't have faith in him after what happened when we left all our equipment and uh, helpers, people who were interpreters and behind the one where they were hanging on a plane for dear life. And when that plane was going down that runway, I was scared. I said, these people are going to be annihilated. And anybody does hang on to the plane when they hit an altitude, uh, it'll, they'll freeze to death and fall off the plane. I still, that memory is still in my heart. I don't, I don't forget easily. Yeah. It, that was so hard to watch. Was. Wasn't that Pete? That was, was. just, it was. was so difficult to watch. And, and I think that, you know, it symbolized leaving everybody behind. And and that's why I know, I mean, look, obviously, I think the, the greatest responsibility of a president is securing the safety of an American, uh, whether they're in our country or abroad. Um, and I'm glad to see that he's going over there on Wednesday. I was really happy to hear that. Uh, I'm sure that they're trying to make every effort to get the Americans out, and I pray that they all come home safely. I hope all the hostages come home safely. Uh, but yet, you know, how do you how do you resolve that with our wide open southern border and so many issues that are happening right now in our country? Um, you know, you can't sit there and say I'm the security president uh, when he hasn't been tough on Iran, he hasn't been tough on China. We saw what happened. In Afghanistan, and we've seen what continues to this day. I mean, he still, you would think he'd say, wait, you know, maybe right now I should seal the border. That doesn't even seem like it's in his vocabulary. And that is shocking that he won't even concede at this point. Pete, thank you very, very much, my friend. Let's go to BJ, uh, line seven. BJ, your thoughts. Hey, is, uh, Rita, thanks for having me on. Look, uh, there's a difference in leadership, okay? And when Donald Trump was in charge, he said to the squad members, look, if you don't like it here, you can leave. You can stay, but you can leave if you don't like it here. He he knew from within his own house that he cannot tolerate any type of 
uh, hatred and anti-Semitism. That was unacceptable. I don't know where the Republican leadership is now. Why are they not denouncing it? Where are all these tough guys that threw McCarthy out and uh, on his ear last week? Uh, you know, why aren't they saying, uh, why don't we bring sanctions against these squad members now? I don't understand. Actually, it. actually, no. I will say, by the way, I, I will say Mike Lawler, Congressman Mike Lawler of New York, actually, BJ, came out and he said that they, uh, uh, Ilan Omar said is un, he said she's unfit to serve. So he he actually has come out. But you're right. Where are the other ones? They should all be saying that when when the Democrats love their country more than they hate Donald Trump, we will see peace come back to this world. And by the way, Benjamin Netanyahu, when he opposed the JCPOA years ago, he made it quite clear if the world uh, we will uh, will do whatever we can to defend Israel. If you're with us or not, we will do it. And this is what's going to go down. We have a situation now where we have a president that doesn't have a clue. This is why voting matters. This is the last position that we need to be in as Americans. We are fighting from behind. We are behind the eight ball. This is not where we thought we were going to be when all those people voted for for, uh, Joe Biden. Okay. Yeah, they wanted peace and tranquility. And now we have like fires all over the world, you know. Chaos, complete chaos. We don't know whether we're coming or going. We don't know whether. Uh, and as far as I, I mentioned to Kenny before, the the your, your your assistant producer there, who does a great job, by the way. Oh, don't, don't tell him that he's trying enough. to get a raise. Don't tell him that, BJ. Okay. You know, tip my hat to him. He's long <laughs> overdue. But but by the way, you know, I gotta say. This situation was totally avoidable. But when you have hatred that's permeated throughout the university system from Harvard and all these places where these professors are telling these kids go out and go to these protests and you'll get extra credit, the funding should be cut off immediately. These are the people five and ten years from now they'll say, I need loan forgiveness. When they spent their college career going out and making hate and, and, and spewing hatred all over the place. They should tell these, these universities, who, by the way, are just big real estate conglomerates all over. They're, they're huge, every one of them. That's why you have so much financial debt with these kids now, because of this crazy loan programs they get. Yeah, and by, by the way, I also want to know, like, who are the people teaching them this rhetoric? I mean, I don't know. Is it at schools or is it at home? Um, But wherever it is, uh, it is downright dangerous. And the fact that they think there's something cool about going around there, uh, I'm glad you brought that up because that to me is so deeply, deeply concerning. I'm just happy to see that more people are cracking down. By the way, there was a Starbucks union that came out the other day and like talked about how uh, basically putting Hamas and Israel on the same thing. Uh, And a lot of people were like, you know what? Maybe I'll get my coffee from Dunkin' Donuts after this. 1-800-848-9222. And, BJ, I hate to say it, but Kenny does deserve a raise. I hate to say it, but I will concede. 1-800-848-9222. The Rita Cosby Show. And tonight on the Rita Cosby Show, some chilling words coming from Iran's foreign minister referring to his meeting that he had with Hezbollah leader 
Hassan Nasrallah, which took place over the weekend. Now the foreign minister in the last little bit saying, quote, the possibility of preemptive action by the resistance access is expected in the coming hours, referring to the fact that Iran, he says, may be, quote, forced to take some sort of preemptive action against Israel in, quote, the coming hours as Israel is preparing for a ground offensive on the Gaza Strip, which, of course, all of this sparking major fears that the conflict could widen in the Middle East. Obviously, Iran seems to want to be chomping at the bit, trying to get involved. Also, Iran saying that, hey, if Israel is willing to not go into the Gaza Strip and even stop its airstrikes, they could play some role in bringing the hostages out of Gaza and returning them home. So Iran clearly playing some major role. And now a stunning statement coming from the foreign minister saying that the country could take some sort of preemptive strike, some preemptive action against Israel and quote the coming hours as, of course, the Jewish state is preparing for what is going to be a historic ground offensive on the Gaza Strip. What does all of this mean? And all of this comes also as we know that President Biden is heading to the region on Wednesday. New York Governor Kathy Hochul going tomorrow. So things are definitely heightening over there in the Middle East. And boy, so many developments. And meantime, here at home, we're seeing rallies on both sides. Over the weekend, there were a whole bunch, including many more today. Uh, And also a number of officials saying, you know, speaking out, condemning. I'm happy to see on some of these college boards, some of the big donors saying, you know what, maybe they'll pull their money out if the school doesn't condemn these people who have been spewing hate against Israel. Let's go to Mimi, line six. Mimi, your thoughts. Hi, do you remember Obama? He was having a going away party before he was coming president with a professor at Columbia University, and they, the tape went to the L.A. Times. It was an anti-Semitic conversation. So it started with, um, with Obama, and he also went to the uh, Arab Brotherhood, uh, uh, make, uh, making bad comments about the United States. He was traveling around. Well, and, and listen, and listen, you know, the world watches, to your point, they watch the verbiage coming from the president of the United States. They watch if they see anything that opens the door. And, and you know, you hit a good point, maybe, because this sort of love affair with Iran definitely did start in the Obama-Biden administration. Remember the pallets of cash? Now we've seen this new phase with the $6 billion and the non-sanctioning. we got to keep an eye on it. Pray for peace. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.